Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Enjoy today's message. The title of my sermon today is Fresh Start. Um, it was about a month or so ago Pastor Mike asked me to do this, and that was like, I think it was before Christmas. And I was like, eh, way off, not a problem. That'd be great. And, you know, and here it is, just kind of snuck up on me. But it was neat. Even at that time, um, I felt like God put that, the, the, the title. I forgot. It'd be easier to hear me with this off because I'm supposed to take it off when I come up here so y'all can see my face. Anyway. Um, anyway. Um, so I had the sermon in my, the, that title in my, in my heart. And I thought this would be a good time for this because there'd be a lot of things going through. But it's neat. Whenever you start spending time like focusing, like, God, tell me something about a fresh start. What does this mean? There have been really cool things that have happened. And I'll share one more thing that that will come back later. But one of the things that I, I, I thought I would start with, and this, I might lose some of you on here, and I, I apologize. We'll come back, and we won't stay on this long. But um, I found a, a statistic on the Internet that I thought was really interesting. And I have a question. Who has played Super Mario Brothers on Nintendo? Cool, yeah. So it came out in 1985, and I know some of you go, wow, 85. And some of you go, wow, 19, you know, because <laughs> it's getting further and further away. It's kind of some fun stuff. So the statistic that I found, um, the, uh, the, little mush- the little mushroom guys that would try to kill you in that game were called Goombas. And here's the statistic. The deadliest character in video game history is probably that first Goomba in Super Mario Brothers. Between people not knowing how to play not paying attention, and little kids that just play that level, had probably this guy has probably killed more Mario more times than any other bad guy character combined. And that's so true. I remember when we first started playing the game, you know, you would, you'd, you'd kind of figure out how do you make him do whatever, and you'd turn him to the left, and he would go. And it's the first thing you would encounter, if you didn't jump, you would run right into that guy and die. And it would just, it, and it would just happen. And so you only got three lives to start with, and now you're down to two. So what was the solution for that? Do y'all remember? Do y'all have that one friend? What? Reset. Yep. Reset. That. Look, look at there. <laughs> that never happened. It was great. Look, I'm all over again. You only lost like 30 seconds. Then you just had to jump over him that first time. You were good to go. So the idea of a fresh start allows you to act like something. Some things have never happened. To, to, to start again. To, to do something new. Um, and I was just kind of thinking, like, who, who needs a fresh start? You know, we've had people that have had to deal with remote education. So teachers who've had to become a remote educator, they could probably use a fresh start. Parents who are trying to mitigate what that looks like for their kids and try to help that out. Kids that are just trying to get through what it, how, that, how to obtain and retain information over, you know, a year's worth of not doing it the way you're used to. Um, virtual gatherings, you know, how many only saw people for Christmas or, you know, that you would see every year. You know, there were, there were some really tough things that happened with that. Um, people still working from home or people who have to, can't work from home and, you know, have to deal with workplace changes. There are a lot of things that happened this year that have just been hard. And so having, the idea of a fresh start actually does some neat things for you. Um, and uh, something I think is really interesting, when, when God starts putting things into your life and they line up, then you can't control whether they are or are not lined up. Um, so today I want to tell you all a story about Simon, who was a uh, fisherman, and I'm going to start with a story that Ollie just told you. 
which I just think is hilarious. I'm just sitting over there giggling like, oh, well, golly, stole my thunder. How often does that get to happen? But uh, have you ever worked all day on something and accomplished nothing? I mean, really, worked to get something done, and at the end you were like, eh. So we saw in Ollie's story that that happened with Simon. Um, Simon was a fisherman when Jesus met him, and the crowds had followed Jesus, and he saw an opportunity to teach. And in Luke 5, 3 through 5, uh, he's um, talking about Jesus. He says, getting into the boats, um, which was Simon's, he sat down and asked them to put out. He, he asked them to put out from land, and he sat down and taught people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. And y'all know what's going to happen because Ollie just told you. But give, give a thought of, of, of what, what Peter had to think about at this. First of all, this was not a fisherman. He was a teacher. This teacher asked, can I borrow your boat? Now he's like, hey, can you go do it? And Peter just, he's at the end of his shift. That is a precious time, isn't it? That's not time for new work. He had just finished his shift. He had just cleaned his nets, but he had also just listened to Jesus. And there were some seeds growing in who, the impression that he had under Jesus. He had an opportunity to test him. So, now, I'm not sure, that, I don't know that this is what he did. All, it's, all it says is, um, Peter said, but at your word, I will let down the nets. So, because you said to do it, I'm going to, let's just see what happens. Because Simon is sure, there are no fish in this lake, not on this side. We're totally, there's nothing here. And they always fished, they fished at night because they got better results. This is daytime now. So worse results are expected. So he lets the thing out. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And both, and they came and filled both boats and the boats began to sink. And Jesus invited Simon um, to follow him after that. And he promised from now on, you will fish men. And Simon followed him. This was a changing point in Simon's life. You know, he had always been a fisherman. I don't know whether it was an aspiration or something. It was, but that was what he had known. And now he's going to follow this guy that he just met and saw miraculous things. And this guy said, yeah, this is what we're going to do. Jesus called 12 other men and kept them close to him. And Simon became a leader within these 12 men. And oftentimes when Jesus would choose to take a smaller group along, like from the 12 and just take a smaller group and do something, Simon was in that. So he was kind of, he was a leader of the leaders, which was really, it was something new for him, I think. Um, At some point in Simon's life, Jesus decided to change his name to Peter. There were some really cool things that happened. Jesus said, I'm going to build a church on this rock. The name Peter means rock, so it's like the rock or rocky, however you want to go with that. I mean, it's, this was, I want you to know every time, like, you know, Peter's name was called, it wasn't, didn't, it wasn't Peter, it was, it was rock. This, this rock, hey rock, is to remind you, hey rock, I'm going to build my church on this rock. This is, this is who I'm starting with. And Peter got a fresh start at the long, end of a long, disappointing night, but he chose what to, to do what Jesus would tell him to do. And he really had some really good momentum. It, it, it worked out well for him. But we're going to pause in the story right there. Um, did some more Internet research on uh, the idea of a fresh start. And this was just kind of, you know, 
looking up some basic stuff. I didn't go real deep into it, but I found some stuff that seemed worthwhile. Um, there's actually a psychological phenomenon called the fresh start effect. Has anyone else ever heard of this? You can kind of guess what it is. It's not extremely deep, but it's, it's got some neat points. The idea is if you perceive a fresh start, that perception by itself is motivating. So knowing that you can call something a fresh start can give you motivation to do something. Um, so they actually had this experiment that, they, that I heard someone talk about. They, had a, they basically did a study of people that had a goal they were trying to, to do. Whatever the goal was, I, that wasn't part of you know, what their discussion. But the idea was at one point during this, um, this study, they were taking all kinds of things, like whether or not they, how they were doing progress. They agreed as being part of the study that, that the people who were doing the study would send them an encouragement note to remind them about their goal. And they were allowed to choose when this goal would, would come to them. And the study folks, of course, didn't tell them they were doing this part. They had two different surveys that were like they were done 50% here, 50% there. One of the surveys, they each had like five different dates on it. And the only difference between these two surveys was the title of March 20th. On one survey, they called March 20th the third week of March. It is that. On a totally different survey, they called it the first week of spring. I saw eyebrows go out. You know, oh, the first week of spring. That's a whole season that just started. It's not three quarters away through a month where there's nothing happening. That was the only difference. It was the title of what that. And when they, the people who, who uh, filled out the survey um, for the, calling it the third week of March, it was, it was like the lowest category. And it was one of the higher ones when you switched over. There was no other change. The same crowds saw something different in, ooh, this would be a good time for me to be reminded. And the neat thing for me when I step back to that is not, oh, cool, people messing with people's brains. That's also fun. But it's, it's also, it was that nothing else changed except the way that they titled their circumstances which gives me the idea that we have the ability to do that ourselves. We can find a fresh start where there may not have been one obvious. Does that make sense? That was encouraging to me. When you come to the end of a season, you're usually carrying a lot of things. That means that you carry maybe the fear of what, what might have happened, the pain of disappointment, the weariness of having persevered through it. It may be that you need to take a break from that in order to lay some of these things down. Um, and how long does that take? Sometimes it may be able, you may be able to take a week off and just say, listen, everything else sets aside. I actually have one of these times planned soon, and I'm looking forward to it, praying for no snow days. should be fun. Um, sometimes you can only take a day away, like just the Sabbath. There's a reason why God put a commandment to say, you, the Sabbath, keep it holy. Don't work, you know, 30 days straight, after six days of work, take a rest. You were designed to take that rest, to set aside and not think about the things that you should be doing, but rather rest from the things you already have done. It's refreshing. Um, sometimes a 10-minute break. You can take a walk, just, you know, I need to take a lap, come back to this, whatever it is. If you're working so hard on something, you can't figure it out, take a lap. So many times I come back to it, the, the situation presents itself because I'm able to take a fresh look at it. Um, and sometimes it's just you only have time for a deep breath. Just how many else? How many? 
Who else did that with me just now? <laughs> did that feel good? I, you know, sometimes just enough to stop the rhythm. Okay, here we go. You may see me take several of those as I'm doing this up here. So just, just feel free to breathe along with me. We're all going to get through it. It's going to be fine. So we know that you can be motivated towards a goal if you can frame around a fresh start, right? We also, it's good with that to have an idea of some things that you, you know, you should have a goal in mind if you're going to take a fresh start, right? You know, so be progressive with that. You do something. Um, so just a list of goals that I came up with as I prayed about things for me that I thought were cool. You don't need to use my list. Use your own, but it, it might start some things going. Um, a list of goals for me would be eat better. Hmm. Um, exercise more, both of the same direction. Um, improve my, par- my prayer life. Read my Bible more often. Um, reach out to people that I haven't seen because of COVID. These are some things, like, I, I can start adding a list and then start to feel bad about my list, too. You know, that's, that's not the point of making a list. But more times than not, you can do one thing on your list. You don't have to feel bad about the six that you, you know, don't, don't do. You can just do the one. Incorporate that. Once you've got that down, you know, seek more. Do more. You know, do as much as you feel like you can, but don't beat yourself up for the things that haven't been done because that's, that's back to where you need that refresh, that, that fresh start. You, know, you, can, you can create the need for one. Sometimes we need, we've had a fresh start and need another fresh start. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about, um, pick, pick up on our story with Peter. So Peter stayed with Jesus until, <coughs> excuse me, until Jesus was arrested and taken away to be crucified. That night, Peter promised he would never leave. I will stay with you forever with this. Jesus, I will just follow you. It's not going to matter. Jesus said, I appreciate that that's what you want to do, but I know before tonight is over, you will deny me three times before you hear the rooster crow. After the guards took Jesus, uh, took Jesus Peter was faced with an, another long, disappointing night. As Peter followed at a great distance, one at a time, three different people came up to him and said, Aren't you with him? And earlier Peter would have said, I am, and if you're going to kill him, you must kill me. But Peter in the moment said, No. I'm not, I'm not, no, no, I'm not with him. Thinking maybe he can kind of sit off to the side. He can maybe help from a distance, set up an ambush or do something or whatever. He, and he wasn't even, doesn't, doesn't give the impression that he was thinking about the fact that each time he did it, he was denying Jesus. He was just saying, no, no, not, I'm not a part of that. And then as soon as the third person asked and he said, no, it's not me, that's when he heard the rooster. And that sound crushed him. Because he realized that Jesus knew ahead of time that this was going to happen. That he knew that he wasn't going to be strong enough to handle this in that moment. Um, And Peter was still growing. It doesn't mean he never would be able to do this. But Jesus knew he wasn't ready then. Some things had to happen. Um, Jesus needed to be crucified. That was part of it. Jesus knew that. Peter was gaining understanding. So the long night was over again. And again, he had nothing to show for it. Later that day, his best friend and mentor was killed, and he went into hiding. He stayed with other followers who had no one to follow, and they waited. A few days pass, and someone brings unbelievable news. The Lord has risen. He may have said it so many times, 
very plainly, but it never stuck. And so when they heard it, they didn't believe. They were like, okay, okay. So Peter runs to the tomb. Jesus isn't there, alive or dead. He's not there. So Peter has hope, but not a confirmation. Does that make sense? So he's trying to figure out, you know, so he runs back, and he sits with everybody. He tells people, this is what I saw. I don't know what to draw, what conclusion for this, but this is what I saw. And that night, Jesus appears to them in a locked room. The door is sealed, and he just appears. He comforts them for a bit, and then he disappears again. So he's got the confirmation. And like, yay, but there's no direction now. There's still not like, you know, and therefore go. Eight days pass to the next time Jesus shows up again. And, you know, this time it was, it was to help out with, um, with Thomas, who wasn't there for the first one. You know, and he made a point, the distinction between seeing Jesus and just believing without seeing. By the way, the people who believe without seeing, that's us, which is cool. You know, we are the blessed ones who believe having never seen. It's really, we're in good company. <clears throat> so after that time, Peter, uh, Jesus disappears again. And Peter, picks, I'm going to pick up in uh, John 21, 2 through 6. There's another boat trip planned. Peter, Thomas, uh, Nathaniel, the sons of Zebedee, two of them, and two other disciples were together. That's seven disciples. Um, after Judas left, there were only 11. So seven out of the 11 remaining disciples all went to the same place. Um, they're just they're kind of around together. And he said, and Peter said, "I am going fishing." And they said to them, "To him, we will go with you." Once again, Peter needs a fresh start. Instead of waiting for directions, he goes back to what he knew before. He stopped fishing men and went back to fishing fish. And it's kind of a reasonable thing, you know, it's what he knew. He he had he, Jesus kind of gave Peter the he. Jesus brought up the best of who Peter was, and Peter knew that. And now Jesus wasn't there to do that anymore. And so if you can't be the best of who you are, you can go back to just what you were. It's a very easy path to follow. Um, the good news is Peter is allowed to do this, and he's not punished for it. Like God, God knew this would happen, and he wanted, you know, he gave, wanted to, to, to get, reach out. Let's just keep reading. How about that? <laughs> They went out and got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. <laughs> so even trying to go back to what he was doing, he had another no, nothing, nothing happened catch day. So just, just as day was breaking, Jesus stood at, on, on the shore. If the disciples didn't know it was Jesus, Jesus said to them, Children, do you have any fish? And they answered him, No. I can't hear it any other way. I just, they've been fishing all night trying to just get something done. I'm going to get something done. I'm going to go fishing. I know I can do this. Fish all night, not a dang thing. <laughs> just, really. Okay. So he said, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. We are not told the conversation from the boat, but I assume it's like, you want. Might as well. I mean, what the heck? At least this guy, I can, you know, I can at least set this guy up, you know, oh, oh, the other side. Soon as they do it, and now <clears throat> they cast it on the right side. So they cast it, and they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. And they 
pulled them all up to the boat. Peter, as soon, as soon as he realizes it's Jesus, and it's not immediate, as soon as he realizes it's Jesus, he jumps off the boat to swim to meet him. Every other time that, that Jesus has appeared, it's been with other people. Jesus, Peter has not been able to restore that relationship with Jesus. But in this encounter, Jesus is able to do that. He's able to give him a direction, tell him this is what he's going to do, and he builds the church off of Jesus, off of Peter like he said he would. And Peter goes on to lead the early church and does some amazing things in the name of God. It's really cool. It's not the last mistake he's made. He continues to make them along the way, and he figures it out, and God leads and guides him, just like we need to lean on God for the same thing. Um, and when we were worshiping this morning, I had a new... God sort of put something else, so I have a hand-scratch version of this, where I had the option of saying, God, I already printed this. I don't want to write on it. You know, I'm ready to preach. But he added an extra bullet point I'm going to try to you know, put in here, too. Um, don't keep resetting. I had a friend that I played um, Nintendo with, and this friend would die so much from that first Goomba, it would reset every time. Reset, reset. Or to get a little bit further, reset. Let's try it again. And no progress was made because they were always resetting. Like, you know, I, I look at the times where in the Bible where people didn't feel like they had enough, like Gideon. I don't have enough people to... To, to, to defeat these people. Uh, and God said, you have too many. And he sent like 80% of them home. I forget the numbers on it. And God's point was, I want to show you what you can do when I'm helping you, when you in all other ways could not have been successful. You know, take, take all the things away that someone go, well, he did just sleep at a Holiday Inn last night, you know. Something that would give credence to the, the miraculous performance that was given. But if all the pieces are removed, that doesn't mean you can't still try. Because you still have a God that can use the smallest pieces to do big things. Anyway, seemed like I should say that, so that's it. <laughs> um, I want to come back to the goals and just kind of give you some ideas, some more things to kind of move towards. Um, in eating better, and this, these are some things for me. And y'all can ask me how I'm doing, and I'll tell you how I'm doing. Um, we'll, do, we'll, we'll leave it for, for March. Uh, well, you can ask me then. <laughs> um, eating better. One thing that you can do, don't eat after 8 o'clock. It's a simple thing. Just don't do that. Plan snacks instead of snacking between meals. For getting more exercise, you can find a time to walk every day. Take time. Take the stairs instead of the elevator. For improving prayer, schedule a time in your day to pray. Give thanks for every meal that you have in a day. If you don't do that, like if you just like eat lunch alone, that's something I'm, I'm working on. If I'm by myself, I don't always take the time to do it. That is definitely one that I'm pushing into there because the ability to take a time off and to do is certainly something I need to be thankful for, and I need to make sure I'm putting that in. Um, if you can't sleep, pray about anything that's on your mind and keeping you awake. Know of some people that, you know, keep prayer requests that you have from groups that you meet with or the family members that you know about. Pray about them. And, you know, you may be up so that you can pray, and then God can release you into sleep. Read your Bible. Get on a reading plan. You search Bible reading plan on the Internet. There are a lot of things that come up. There are ways that you can go through the whole Bible. If you don't read a bunch, probably shouldn't start with that one. But something that encourages you to, to fit it into your day um, is probably going to be helpful to you. Um, another thing, if you're... 
going to do that, I would suggest also have a paper Bible. Because a paper Bible will never text you a meme that's hilarious that you've got to respond to. Or won't call you in the middle of while you're doing this. It's, it's, it allows you to be less distracted. Um, also, have a pen and paper next to your Bible. Don't expect, and take notes. Expect, expect don't to just be reading, but to also be receiving. And if you receive something, I better write that down. If it's worth, if it's worth remembering, it's worth writing down too. And then if, if you ever need encouragement, go back and look at your notes, the things that encouraged you along the way. It's a really powerful thing. Um, and a very personal thing too, because that's stuff that God, it's God's relationship directly with you. It's pretty cool. Um, reach out to people. Make a list of family members and call them. Send a letter. I mean, that's special nowadays. It used to be, you know, the email was the special new thing. It's now they're just, it goes through. But reach out. Make a list of church family members you haven't seen since last March. I mean, I, there's several people. I will not list them because I'll forget one and I'll hurt feelings. I'm not going to do that. Um, and they're also just a lot. There are a lot of people that, that I, I miss because... Y'all used to sit there, and I would just say hi, and that was cool. We'd do that once a week, and we can't do that right now just because life changed, that, changed the rules. Um, something else you could do, life groups. Because, <laughs> yeah, I'm supposed to be you know, promoting this stuff, but I can't tell you how blessed I am to be in multiple different life groups where I get to be with people and to say you know, they, they know who I am. They know what I stand for, the things I struggle with. And they also can tell, like, if I'm not having a good day, I, think I don't have to tell them who I am for them to notice that and to ask and say, yeah. You know, you develop a relationship so that if you start struggling with something, you have someone that you can trust and talk to. And that's, I mean, we've got several different life groups that are coming up. They're going to be announced. I think it's the first week in February. No, second to seventh, right? I should know this. It's the first week, according to Sound Booth. <laughs> Those are a lot of things that can be done. Little ways to, to you know, if you're ways, a way to, to in, inspire some new thing and some things to do if you're <clears throat> some things to do if once once you're inspired. Uh, both good things, but there may also be those who are listening to this that have never chosen to follow Jesus and need that fresh start that I talked about. And if that's the case. Just know that there are people in your life that God has brought into your life that are willing to talk to you about this if you ask. And if you're here today and have never had that opportunity, we'd be more than happy to pray with you before you go. We'd love to just start the conversation, introduce you to the God I know, because he loves you too. If you followed Jesus for a while and you need another fresh start, please talk to one of your brothers or sisters today before you leave. You can come up and talk to me as well. I'd be happy to talk to you about it. And to pray with you just about what does that fresh start mean? What is it, what is it that God's calling you to or from that, that you need help getting started with? Um, King David needed a fresh start at one time. And uh, his words were really cool. Um, he said, um, if he, so King David had had some issues where he was, he was like God's man for a long time. Then he had this major mistake that I won't go into. Um, and he needed to be, he needed to, to come back to God. He knew he had messed up. 
And so he wrote, he wrote a lot of the Psalms. And so he, his words were really kind of cool. And he said, he wrote in Psalm 51, 10 through 12, he said, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore the joy of my salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. You know, all of those things, you know, whether you're starting over or starting fresh, asking God to create a clean heart in you is, is going to be so refreshing. You know, it's like putting fresh oil in the car. Like the next time it starts up, oh, it sounds so much prettier. Maybe that's just me. But use your own example of things that like a clean house. When it's, you walk in and like it, it all of a sudden it smells clean. It's just because you cleaned it and no one's messed it up yet. And they better not. You know, there's something refreshing about having something new. And so seek the new. All right. God, I just thank you for an opportunity to, to meet with my brothers and sisters today, to share your word. Thank you for putting these words in my heart and for the change that you've made in me. God, I pray for a change in others that would be positive, that they would come closer to know you and to walk closer with you today because of some of the words you put in my heart and allowed me to share. Pray your blessings on us as we go. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, guys. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, just go to victorychristian.church. Have a great day.